On today's episode of Brody and the Beard, Kelly and I are going to start the process of handing out grades. And today we started with James Harden and Mike D'Antoni. If the offense is triangular, it's something like a prism. Put you on that lockdown defense like a prison. Hakeem was the dream. The MVPs must be his children. They won 22 games in a row. That's a rhythm. Triple double rust, man. I need you to acknowledge he don't do this for the optics, man. He do this for the rock, kid. Welcome to a new episode of Brody and the Beard on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mo DeKeel, and with me as always is our athletic beat writer, covers the Houston Rockets, he knows them inside and out, Kelly Eco. Kelly, how you doing, man? What's up, Mo? How you doing? I've kind of missed you, man. It's been a little, like, you know, it's, when the season's going, like, there's a lot of text messages going back and forth between you and I, and and now I I don't feel like you you, uh, care about me as much. (laughs) I don't. Damn, you could have just lied, man. No. You didn't have to come in like just, that. No, no, no. But like this week, I guess this week I've tried to um, decompress that word is suitable. <laughs> Unwind. Um, you're, 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 you're relaxing a little bit after the season, and that's why I get no love. Okay. Okay. It's good to know. It's good to know. Like when you unwind, I, I wind you up so you have to so – you don't want to deal with me. It's good. Good to understand. I get it. It's okay. Um, obviously, we have the playoffs going, so uh, not not feeling too hurt. Um, and I'll just jump on other podcasts, Kelly, while while you. Uh, oh my god! Me. Can we talk about that? No, I'm, I'm in demand. What do you, Sam? If you're listening to this, do not ever take Mo away from this show again. So I just want the listeners to understand the difference between the two of us here. Okay. I complimented you for ending up, you know, for your appearance. Well, you did great. It was fantastic. Yeah, but now you're, trying to, now you're trying to take this just stuff Just don't take him. But I'm not, pos- don't take I'm not possessive of you. I'm not being taken, Kelly. I'm just <laughs> helping <laughs> out other you're folks. Stealing, you're stealing. They're not asking permission. They, uh, they damn sure take don't it, have to, take, Kelly. <laughs> we're a team. You, you do have, it's, called, it's called tampering. You can't, just, you can't just come and take a teammate away. I'm coming right back, man. Don't you worry. I'm I'm like uh No, but you did great though. You did great. You did thank great. You. you did great on the show. Thank you. you know? Thank you. Uh and so did you on all your appearances on the NBA show. Uh I always I always did great. So that's Yeah, no, I can point to a few that you haven't. Um <laughs> We could probably just make fun of each other all day, but fans don't care as much. But we want to start the process of the season's over. Let's start kind of handing out grades. Early in the year when we did like our quarter grades, we went way long, gave everybody a grade, and and that was taxing. We're going to try to split it up here and there. And and sometimes these are going to be long. Sometimes these are going to be a little bit short. uh, And we're not – not everybody's going to get a grade. Some of these guys all got incompletes. Uh, But let's start right off the bat. We got to start with the top guy, James Harden. Kelly, it's been an interesting season for James. I just want to read off his end of regular season stats before you give off his grades. He averaged 36.5 minutes a game, 34.3 points, 44.4 field goal percentage, 35.5 three-point percentage, 86.5 from the line, 6.6 rebounds, 7.5 assists, 4.5 turnovers, 1.8 steals, 0.9 0.9 blocks. Kelly, what's a grade you're giving James Harden for this season, including the playoffs? Oof. 
That's a good question. Um, right off the bat, I would want to say the numbers are you know great. Just hearing you rehash those, um, I think it's borderline A minus B plus. I think you can kind of knock him down for the second round a bit because you know they should have been better. Although he was he was good in Game Five of the elimination game, but wasn't great, you know, some of the other games prior to that. I don't know. I think overall for the season, you know, all NBA first team, third MVP voting, you know, that's that's fantastic for an individual account. But I think whenever you're evaluating someone like James, you do have to kind of use that playoff performance as a kind of a benchmark compared to, you know, his peers around the league. So I do I do think that a B plus slash A minus is fair. Now there are people that will scream at a B plus because the man averaged thirty six points a game, led the NBA in scoring for the third year in a row, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. I just think that second round left, you know, a sour taste in a lot of people's minds. You know, it just wasn't good. It wasn't a good it wasn't a good performance from the team. And as someone who was the leader of that team, Everything starts and ends with James. So, overall, I would say, you know, B plus, A minus. So, I'm not going to waffle back and forth. I'm going B plus. You know, I think oh, he had a great... It's, 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 it's straddling. You know, you're, you're on the fence. You're like, you're trying to be really wishy-washy. I'm coming in definitively B plus. I don't think he did enough to get an A... And that's mainly because of the playoffs. And and it's not like I felt like he was terrible in the playoffs or things like that. He had big moments. I mean, I'm not going to forget the block in Game 7, you know, which was, I think, his most impressive play to me in the playoffs from, you know, from just from the bubble altogether, you know, him making that, that big-time block and coming up with a stop, which is something we're not used to seeing from, you know, it coming from James of all guys. So I was really impressed with that. You know, ultimately... I just think you got to find a way in the second round, maybe not to win the series, but you can't go, you can't let the team go to go out in five games. You know, you win game one and then lose four straight. Like you, you can't go out that way. And, and something that was an interesting stat in that uh, round, right against the Lakers, you know, they held him to 7.4 three point attempts when he averaged 12.4 in the regular season. I mean, that's five less threes now he knocked them down at at even a higher clip at 37.8 percent in that series but they just needed more from him and they needed it you know in that series and you know heavy is the crown right like this is the guy we're we're looking at you know this is the guy that when this team fails we're we're always going to kind of look at him and expect him to kind of take them to that next level and that next notch and you know, it, it just didn't feel like he had it in him in this thing. And I don't know if it was the bubble or, or whatnot and things like that. It's been a weird year in general. But I just think this was uh, a little bit disappointing for me. Not a bad year at all. Uh, so that's why he gets the B+. Plus. But I think it was just one of those things where, you know, just just didn't do enough for me to get the A. I think where my A- minus part of that grade comes in is off of a curve just because of the you know four month layoff I think you kind of have to every player is different you know some players responded positively to the change some didn't 
some you know were around the average that's kind of why i gave that kind of half grade but you're right in the sense that he didn't do enough in the second round you know to 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 make this series more competitive i mean i didn't even um, feel feel like he led you know that well in it you know and just as your leader i didn't feel like there was a lot of that in there some of that might have had to you know had to do with the the lakers defense i mean they were phenomenal in that series the way they were rotating and stuff and had him frustrated and and flustered at times you know so i think it's just man it just i I think that's really just it for me it's not anything anything else other than that like i would like to see different actions but that's going to be we're going to talk about it with our next guy uh the next grade we give out but you know i just would like to see more more from him than just being the if I have the ball in my hands I'm going to be effective if I don't I'm not going to do much and what do you see that change coming at 31 and going on 32 well I'm, I, I, that's the tough question right like he's been playing this way for so long and it's brought him a lot of accolades and stuff and it's brought him a lot of individual accolades you know uh r- third in MVP voting this year. He's been the runner-up, like, it feels like a thousand times, you know, has won the MVP. <laughs> you know, he's, he's, I understand it in that sense. So, you know, the individual accolades of it are, are, are great and, and things like that. But that's a question of if he wants to start seeing the team's success, it's it's got to come at a cost to him in some way. And, and some of that's going to be less isolations and things like that. I think it's something he has to deal with Kelly and, and, and accept like, hey man, it's it's time to what we've been doing has been great. It's gotten us a lot of wins, gets us into the playoffs, almost got us to the finals, but didn't get us there. You know, maybe it's time I start to change it up here a bit. Hey, I'm Taz Mellis of No Dunce on the Athletic. Do you want to walk into a room with your chest puffed out, your neck long, and your shoulders broad? Of course you do. For me, Getting clothes that fit properly can give me the confidence I need to do just that. Indochino hooked me up with the gear that fits perfectly. I dreaded getting dressed for my Zoom meetings, but now I change for each one with a big smile on my face. I did a virtual fitting on Indochino's slick website for them to get my measurements. I didn't have to talk to a single human. There are so many options. Here are a few I chose. A long shirt, because I tuck it in. I got a no dunks monogram, and I decided against the shirt pocket. I sincerely did not think that custom fit clothing was this affordable, and all customizations are included in the cost. The website keeps your measurements on file so you never have to re-enter them. The best part, Indochino suits start at just $2.99 with all customizations included. Indochino is a no-brainer if you're getting married. Visit one of the Indochino showrooms across North America or book a virtual appointment like I did and shop online at Indochino.com. And right now, you'll get $30 off any purchase of $3.99 or more when you enter code TAS. Not ass, TAS, T-A-S, at checkout. That's Indochino.com, promo code TAS. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. I mean, seriously. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo. Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work. Or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. 
But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and most importantly, totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and again, most importantly, discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com beard and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, folks, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of that issue. Go to roman.com slash beard today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's getroman.com slash beard. Getroman.com slash beard. Yeah. Um, I just wonder, you know, will the next coach that comes in be able to, I guess, tap into that side? Because we've seen it, albeit very – very small sample size. But we've seen James um, been able to impact the game off the ball. But it's just – it happens so infrequently that, you know, it's not substantial. I wonder if the new coach coming in will be able to get something new out of him. And also you have to wonder if James himself is going to look internally and think, you know, obviously there's something missing from, from his game. As good as he is – you know, can he tap into that side? It might be, you know, more mid-range. It might be just simple moving off the ball and relocating after giving up the ball. It might be, you know, just being more engaged in the half court when the ball's in someone else's hands, acting as a screener, getting other guys open, you know. But that's going to be the key to changing his grade, I guess, from you know, B-plus to A. Yeah, I mean, you know, and listen, the, they could do – do the same stuff next year, and if they win a championship, I'll be running around going like A plus, A plus, A plus, <laughs> <laughs> and and quietly ask Andrew to delete this podcast from the ether. Uh, <laughs> 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 but the uh, um, but you know when I just look at it, at the end of the day, it was it's been kind of up and down too. You know there are times where he looked tired in this series, you know, and that was after the big whole like he's in the best shape of his life stuff it's you know his season was up and down in terms of shooting from three and and things like that like i you know even in the first round of this series you know he got a ton more threes up but shot 31 percent like you know there there has to be more of a consistency from that especially when their offense is so dependent on that from him and i think you know and part of it too and this is this one might get me in trouble here a little bit kelly but Part of it was, you know, when they made that switch to super small ball, extreme small ball, it felt like the team transitioned from being Harden's team and becoming more of a Russell Westbrook team because it was yeah. so dependent on him, you know, making sure he, he made up for the fact that there was no big man in terms of attacking the basket and attacking the paint. So... You know, it kind of felt like that. And some of that has to do with how defenses played him and all of that stuff. So there, there's a lot to this whole thing. So, 
he had a good hell of a season. Like, I'm not trying to knock that, but I just don't think it was enough for me to give him an A, and maybe I'm just a tougher grader than you are. I mean, B plus, A minus is not that much of a difference, but. Yeah, but you know how Rocket fans get. Y'all get mad. <laughs> Y'all get mad. Somebody's going to come at me for this. Um, all right, Kelly, let's get back to it. Let's talk about the next person <clears throat> I want to give a grade to is Coach Mike D'Antoni. We know he's not going to be back next year. Uh, this is going to be a very interesting hire, but before we move on from that, let's let's look back at what he did. The Rockets finished 44-28, and obviously a kind of shortened season. We know what happened in the playoffs. Kelly, which coach D'Antoni's grade? And don't let your personal relationships with him get in the way here. We, this ain't time for any, have, any heartstrings. I'm giving him a B- this year. Okay. Now, now, now why? Because the second round was a complete failure um, in terms of the chess match that you like to see in playoff basketball. And quite frankly, he got outdueled by possibly the most bland coach in the history of NBA. <laughs> Frank of wow. Wow. It's a good thing Laker fans don't listen to this podcast. Wow. <laughs> I just mean I just mean bland from their pre- – it's not inspiring. Like, it doesn't – like – I know you've seen Coach Carter. I know you've seen all the movies. You know, he doesn't inspire. You know, if you're <laughs> Kelly, Kelly, hold on a second. If you're using movies, <laughs> if you're using Coach, Coach Carter is an important movie in American history, so if you respect that very much. So thank you. Are, are we going to talk about Rhea Perlman and Sunset Park, or what are we like, <laughs> like Kelly? What are we doing, man? Whoopi Goldberg nah, nah, and but, Eddie, like what's? <laughs> but um, now nah, Mike D'Antoni. He did not make the necessary adjustments. He didn't have a plan B. The plan A was kind of shaky. Um, and I think the four straight losses just said more about the coaching battle than anything because the tweaks the Lakers made weren't that, you know, grand. They they, they took out JaVale and Dwight at the lineup, and they started trapping James, something that the Rockets have seen for months and months and months. And supposedly they had, you know, figured it out. After that Denver game back in November, they had supposedly figured it out. They were going to understand how to attack four and threes and get the open shots, move the ball around. But they didn't on a very grand scale. And I think that's the biggest factor for me. Obviously, you know, having to bring in Covington and incorporate Russ he did he did an okay job there because you know incorporating Russ is not easy for a team that plays the style that, that they do and with Chris Paul for two years. But I just think the playoffs kinda cast a shadow over the whole season. It it was a very interesting season for him. I think the finally getting the dream opportunity to go from uh I mean, getting to coach the the team you've always wanted to coach, right? Super small. Let's go. Let's shoot all the threes and things like that. And this is stuff he kind of wishes he was able to do with the Phoenix Suns, you know, and and laments about it. So now kind of getting to do all this, you know, I look at it. I'm with you. I'm probably not as – I'm actually probably grading a little lighter than you on this one. Um, Maybe because I'm not inspired by movie coaches and things like that. But uh, I'm going. That's your problem. 
Okay. <laughs> I'm going with a, a, a B minus. You know, I think, you know, ultimately, and this is something we talked about a thousand times, like there was just never a plan B. And that comes from, that's the coach. That's on him. And we heard so much about wrinkles and things like that. We heard about it at the start of the season. We're going to run more stuff and there's going to be more pistol action. There's going to be more movement and, and things like that. And then come January, it's isolation ball. You know, and then we do the same thing. We get the hiatus. I've, you know, I've seen the stats. I'm going to expand my rotation. I'm going to play nine guys. I'm going to, you know, we have wrinkles in our offense now and we're going to start to do things and stuff like that. And none of it really came to fruition. You know, when you watched it, it was just kind of like, all right, well, this is the same team. Like, this is the same Rockets ball I've seen the past few years, you know, except now instead of having Clint Capella rolling to the rim, they're going to kick it to Russ and Russ is going to attack full speed, you know, and that was a good attack in the regular season, but you know, it was almost like they just didn't expect teams to adjust in the playoffs where that's where it's all about. Like, actually, I'll be honest, like he probably gets a B plus for the regular season and and a, a C minus for the playoffs, which kind of average. Okay, are we doing that now? Okay, no, so, no, we're not so, doing all that now. We're not doing all that. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, and that's average. And that's what averaged out. Okay, to, uh, that's, that's right, how that's he got fair. the B minus for me. That's fair. Okay, that's fair. That's so fair. damn that's man, fair. you just ready to come at me? Sheesh, Kelly, what no, you I have for breakfast? Dude? No, I was making sure. I was making sure, man. I wasn't. I wasn't. It's a good way to put it. It's a good way. It's a good way to break it down. Yeah. So you know, maybe you let me finish a sentence before you jumped down my throat, man. Talk about me always interrupting you, man. Look what you done uh, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> but I think that's kind of what led to it and I think that's the ultimate failure of the Rockets and it comes to both of these guys you know James has to be more willing to, to do that to more willing to work off the ball when you see guys who screen and then you know come to the ball and stuff like that they almost get an easier run of it you know we've seen Steph who's elite at all of that stuff and you know, I think that comes from the coach setting that precedent and then continuing to reinforce it all year. And that's something I think we've said many times on this podcast is like, it's all great now, you know, when it was going well. But I'm like, when it gets tough, what are they going to revert back to? And I think right. that's just what happened. As soon as it got tough, it just reverted back to that way. And that way has become very easy to defend around the league. Do you think part of it has to do with kind of their arrogance in, in the sense that for so long, all we heard was, you know, why this plan A is going to work and why the numbers and the math back it up and the personnel backs it up. But you know, the playoffs, after you have a period of time where you can kind of hone in on one team and look at all their flaws and and find ways to exploit those flaws, do you think that that kind of did them in in the sense that, you know, the Lakers were just smarter? And it, was, it wasn't it was even like a crazy formula that they hatched to stop the Rockets. It was just get the ball out of James's hands and make someone else beat you. And they couldn't. And they couldn't. And the way that the team is set up right now, it's going to be hard to make real moves unless you're, you know, Having to take fifty cents on the, on the dollar in terms of you know trades and stuff like that, but I, I just think that for Mike, 
you know, the the inability to get past, you know, Frank Vogel and the Lakers in that fashion is what took it down for me. Yeah, for I, I kind of agree with you a little bit on the arrogance of we don't even need a plan B, you know, and, and some of that's kind of funny to me. It's, you know, you're your team has had failures over the years of not being able to hit threes and, you know, from time to time, just having cold spells and stuff like that. And I think the big thing in this Lakers series that they lost is that the Lakers just did a great job of taking away a lot of opportunities to take those threes. You know, the, we saw how low those three-point attempts were. Um, and, and part of that, too, is this is the stuff we talked about with, you know, when they didn't bring a big man to the bubble. All respect due to Tyson Chandler, but, you know, he wasn't going to play. But it was just there was no ability of like, well, if small ball doesn't work, can we go big? And, you know, their biggest guy they played was Jeff Green, who had a good run. But, you know, there's there's a level of arrogance to that of just, hey, no, the numbers tell us this is what's going to happen and this is what it's going to be. And we're going to do it this way. And so I'm with you on that. I'm I'm, I'm I like this the idea a little bit of the arrogance sort of bringing them down to a degree. And I think that's an organization wide thing. I don't think that's just a coach uh, player thing. I think that's throughout the whole organization. I mean, it, their arrogance didn't right. touch on the levels of the Clippers, which I've gone on many podcasts and have railed against. Um, but the uh, I've yeah, I've, I've gone gotten a little wild. Uh, the uh, <laughs> but I think that's a good point, Kelly. That's a really good point to bring up, and I think that's a good point to end it on. You know, uh, anything else you got? Uh, coming up, I know you got a mailbag that just dropped. Part yeah, we one, got the mailbag dropping hot off the press. We got part two of the coaching carousel. Um, we got some stuff with Cap, some stuff about James. Just stay tuned. And this is the best time. I'm gonna keep saying this every day. It's the best time to sign up for the Athletic right now. One dollar a month gets you access to the best writers in the country, the best podcasts in the country, and the best content on the internet. Yeah, a, a dollar a month is a steal, folks. Like, I honestly don't know how they're doing it. Uh, this is an opportunity you can't miss out on. So make sure to subscribe, theathletic.com slash beard. Dollar a month for, you know, gosh, like you spend more on coffee in a week than you would have for an entire year of The Athletic. So uh, jump right on it, folks. For Kelly Eco, for Super Producer Andrew Schleck, for me, Mo DeKeel, we out!